us, you know, today is a day like no other. One, it's nice outside, but two, have, have you ever gone to Easter solely online, like unintentionally? That's, it's just crazy, the life that we're living. But one thing I'm reminded of is that a story is unfolding for each one of us. We don't know how this story unfolds. We don't know how the country opens up again. We don't know what's going to happen to our neighbors and our friends and our loved ones. It's still unfolding. And, and if you didn't believe me about that, just wait till tomorrow because you'll find out something maybe you didn't know today about this whole pandemic and, and what's going on. And I was thinking, you know, what would it be like maybe years from now when I have grandkids that weren't born at this time and I'm trying to tell them about the pandemic of 2020 and, and how the world shut down. It, it says in the Bible that at the end of the age, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Just look at how the world has bowed its knee to this pandemic. It's taken us months, but it will be all in an instant when Jesus returns that all of us will bow our knee before him. And, and that's going to be just an amazing day when he returns. And, and we don't know when it is. I think it's coming soon, given some of the things that we're going through. I don't know what you think. But today, as, as we live our lives and the story is being told, there's also a faith story that's being told. I, I know some of you are joining today, perhaps that a friend invited you, or, or maybe it's Easter, so you said, ah, I saw the sign on Kelly Street, I'm going to join online. You know, there's no accident that you're joining today, because more than anything today, I want you to leave with a message of hope. I want you to leave with a message of love, to know that Jesus loves you individually. He loves all of us individually, so much so that he would die on the cross because he wanted to be in a relationship with us. And, and rather than have me take the whole service this, uh, this morning, I've asked Roseanne uh, Brial to, to share her uh, journey of faith and what, what coming to faith looked like for her. So let's, let's listen in to Roseanne. It's been a long journey. Um, I think all my life I was, I was looking to find a missing piece and, um, you know, it came, came to me in a very unexpected way. So um, it's not really a life-changing moment or a crisis that I, I experienced. But um, after years and years of searching, I, um, you know, got a message that, that really spoke to me. Um, up until then, you know, I thought that I... I was a, a child of, of God, and I believed um, in God. I, I prayed. I, I sometimes cried out loud. You know, you know. Thank. I was thankful many times. I have come through a lot of hardship in my life. I was a very young mother. I had a child as a teenager. I um, worked and went to high school while raising a kid, and those years are are a blur today. I. I regret, I regret a lot of the missed first steps, the first tooth that my son had, um, missed all of that. Those years completely blurred um, by, but things got better. Things always got better, up and down. I was always um, off and on a path. Um, I think that I was, I was raised um, to go to church and go to Sunday school. Um, not in a devout family, but I really remember that the emphasis was more on just completing sacraments so I could get married in church. I don't ever remember my parents touching on how important Jesus was in our life. 
in our day-to-day life. I don't remember that. I remember, you know, uh, really believing in him and going to church, but there was no connection. There was no relationship with with uh, Jesus. With even in our prayer, it wasn't like I'm learning. It is today. Um, so that that's been that's been a really big thing for me. Um, you know, during some of the most difficult times, um, I needed I needed that in my life. I needed more. I don't know how I got through it. I do believe that um, something bigger than myself was going on in my life. That he did hear my prayer. I just don't know if I ever fully got where I needed to go back then. But I never gave up. I, you know, things got better. I raised my kids to to believe in in God. To, we went to church when they were younger. Um, but again, just like my parents, I followed my parents' path. And as soon as they made their confirmation, that was it. Was up to them then to to find their way. Uh, but 35 years later, I'm celebrating my birthday, and I buy myself a my pillow online. And um, I finally get it, and I open up the box, and I have these wonderful pillows that I really do love. But in the box was a little piece of paper, and on that paper was um, a scripture. It said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And I held on to that. Like, I I, I didn't just toss it away. I didn't just think, I, I wasn't just curious about it. I thought it was meant just for me. Like someone knew me and wrote this note and put it in the box for me because I've never heard of anyone getting this in their my pillow box. And so I thought it was really meant for me. So I tucked it away in my iPad cover and carried it with me for for the next couple months. Uh, whenever I had any kind of you know creative block at work or was going through anything, I'd pull it out and I'd just read it to myself and then tuck it away. I didn't, you know, I was very curious about the MyPillow company um, and why I got this because still I hadn't heard of anyone else getting it. Even when I would tell people, hey, did you get this? No one ever said they did. So one night I was just, I figured I'd just Google Mike Lindell and you know, Christian to see what came up. And I came across his testimonial on the Billy Graham uh, website. And I read through the whole thing. And, you know, he, he, he came through a lot. That man really, you know, came through a lot. And you'd never know by watching his infomercials. You'd, you'd think, well, Jay, he's a nice Joe, but, you know, you don't know anything about them. And you read that and you say, oh my. Um, at the bottom of the, the website, there there were several links. And um, some of them were, you know, just to the Billy Graham network. But there were others that, you know, find peace with God. And I, I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just go with that one. And I looked there and I found another one and it was you know, uh, get to know Jesus or, or search for Jesus. And I'm thinking, wow, <laughs> is it that easy? You just click a link and, you know, everything is right there. Well, you know what? A lot was there. Um, I signed up on the, the website and it connects you with a team member. And this team member, 
you know, she gave me other links. She gave me links to go through and learn about Jesus. So here I am thinking I know Jesus because I was, I've been to church. I thought that I knew him. And then I learned him in a whole different way. And it's very basic. It's online. It's just questions and answers. And it's, it's very short. But it took me months to go through. And I stayed in touch with this, um, this team member. And towards the end, you know, she would ask, answer some of my basic questions. But towards the end, she asked if I ever um, said the sinner's prayer. And I said that I hadn't. I did read it. It was at the end of one of the sites. And um, she said, do you mind if I call you and, you know, say it with you? And I said, no. So that's what we did. And she says, now you're ready for the next step. And so that's when I, at the very end, it says, you can't do this on your own. Um, you know, you, you, you need to um, find a charge. So I found, I, I, in the search engine, I put in my area. And at the time, only three churches came up and Shiloh was one of them. When I first moved to New Hampshire, I lived in the, um, on the West side. So it was I used to grocery shop around there. I, I I knew the area. I'm like, oh, I know that church. Well, I didn't know that church, but <laughs> I got to know that church. I ended up contacting them. I filled out the form, and a few days later, um, Pastor Greg sent me the um, email introducing himself, telling me about the church and about small groups, something I had never heard of. Um, it was it was towards the weekend, and I had already had plans for that Sunday, and I knew I wasn't going to make it to church. So I decided to go to small group first. Before even going to church, I was going to go to this stranger's house, be the only one in a group, a new one in a group, the only one that probably never stepped foot in the church before, and check it out. I wasn't going to miss this opportunity for this connection because it all felt right. It all came from that message in the box. So I attended a small group that first time and I was pretty nervous walking into a stranger's house, but you know, everyone was really friendly and there was something different about this group of, of Christians. Um, at the time I didn't think a group of Christians. I just thought a group of people, you felt something different. In that intimate setting, now I know you could feel the spirit moving there. People cared about you. They genuinely cared about your life, your story. Um, I don't think I shared much about myself when I first went, uh, but that didn't stop them for, from sharing with me. And I heard things that I don't think I ever heard any of my my friends, you know, say or talk about with me, get together, have, have dinner. They didn't bring up any of these things that they, they're, you know, things that were in their heart or, or, or worries or fears or anything. It was all good times. So this was on a totally different level to get to know people and really share. And that's what made me come back. And I... I was, at that point, I was really excited about going to church on Sunday. So I left there on Thursday, all bubbling over, telling my, my son how excited I was that I found something. I really felt like I found something that was going to um, 
maybe fill that missing that missing spot in my life that I had been searching for. Um, and that, that was really important to me. Uh, it's taken me a long time to really learn more. And uh, initially I wanted to just um, be transformed instantly. Just automatically, I'm Christian, I want to be this. I This is all. And and I now I know it doesn't work that way. I've, I've, I haven't given up on memorizing, but I'm um, not that great at it. So I, I had a little Bible study going all summer long with um, someone that really helped me out. Um, just reading through the Bible and explaining certain points and, and who people were. Um, but um, now I'm finding um, I'm really kind of developing into something different than what I had expected. But it's definitely more what God wants from me. I'm finding people are are noticing something different in me that I didn't see happening. So, um, you know, that's that's always nice when you when you hear that. Um, But I I guess the whole thing after I look back and say, why wasn't I getting there when I was praying? I tried to read the Bible. Why wasn't I getting there? And I think that I didn't realize the real impact of Jesus dying on the cross for us, for me, for my sin. Like, I didn't take it that personal that he did it for me. And um, now that I see that, it's it's overwhelming. Like, it, I, I want, I tear up when I think about him doing this for me. Not for the things that I've done, but in spite of all the things I've done, that he still died for my sins on the cross. And, you know, I just, it's humbling. It's humbling to think that, you know, there is nothing I could have done that could have done done that for myself. I couldn't have done that for myself. Just his his sacrifice did that for us. And so, so you know, that, you know, when it really comes down to it, um, you know, I just... I'm just so grateful that all those years that I was searching for for something more and had all these, I had very good things happen in my life, not just all bad, that he never gave up on me. He stuck with me knowing when I was ready, I was going to see that message in a bottle, in in a box. I was going to, someday when I was ready and he was going to send that message. I was going to see that message in a box. That's it. All right. I I know that Roseanne is not with us, that we're all in individual houses, but can we just stand up and give Roseanne a hand? I mean, Roseanne, that is an awesome story to hear your faith journey. Like, oh my gosh, Roseanne, I'm just so happy that you would share that with us. You know, personally, I will never forget that night. Um, First of all, anyone that comes to my small group, they know a few things. You don't come early and you don't ring the doorbell. So someone comes early and they ring the doorbell and it's Roseanne. I'm like, Meg, it must be the new person coming tonight. And and we got to meet Roseanne. She got to meet the group and and it was just the most amazing time. So so let me just ask a question here and you can answer virtually perhaps. Have you ever seen one of Mike Lindell's commercials on, on TV? Like, I don't know how you would miss it, right? They're, they're all over the place, at least the channels I watch. So... Um, 
or better yet, have you ever bought a my pillow? Anybody bought a my pillow? Like, go go on Facebook and say yes. How many of you bought? <laughs> Do you like them? Don't you like them? I have two my pillows in, in in the house. I don't I don't use them anymore, but I, I liked them for a period of time, and, and I just I like change pillows every three or four months. I'm weird that way. Um, but anyway, I, I bought a my pillow. Now maybe your experience is like Roseanne's, or maybe it's like mine, but. I don't remember getting anything in my pillow box. I, I don't remember a little slip of paper that, that said anything. So I would love to know, if you bought a my pillow, did you get anything in your pillow box? Or was this truly a message from God to Roseanne? Which, Roseanne, I, I believe it very well could have been because that was the beginning of God really intersecting and impacting your life. And he'll use anything. Um, so do you remember what the message said that Roseanne talked about? Anybody remember that message? Well, this is what it said. It said, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And that's a, that's a scripture verse. It's out of Matthew 19, verse 26. And, and it's a passage that's talking about a rich young man that came to Jesus. And, and he comes to Jesus and says this, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? So this man was really searching and he came to Jesus wanting to know, how, what do I have to do to get eternal life? And Jesus told the man, you must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. And the man replied, I've done all these things, Jesus. What else must I do? And Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, then go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you're going to have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. And then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it's very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded, and and they said, then who in the world can be saved Wealth was seen back then as a blessing. If you were rich, you had power, you had access, you had a lot of things that poor people did not have. So, so they looked at this rich young man. If, if anyone is going to get into heaven, it's got to be him. He's blessed. But see, what, what Jesus was saying was that he looked at him intently and he said, humanly speaking, it's impossible. But with God, everything is possible. So Jesus was saying, it's impossible for us to be saved on our own merits. It's just impossible. But when God comes, when Jesus comes to die on the cross for us, it's, it's impossible for us to have a relationship by ourselves with God, but it's made possible when Jesus dies on the cross in our place. So the, the rich man went away, that way, went, away, went away that day sad. He, he didn't find what he was looking for. He didn't find eternal life. But there's another man in the Bible. The man is a tax collector. And we find this story in Luke 5, 27. And I just like to read it together. It says, this man is named Levi. And it says, later as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Later, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. But the Pharisees and, their teacher, and the teachers of the religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples, why do you eat and drink with such scum? 
Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. See, tax collectors had a reputation in that day of being dishonest. I don't know personally if Levi was dishonest or not, but chances are he was dishonest. And, um, and certainly we see that the Pharisees refer to, refer to tax collectors as scum. But there's something that, that Levi does when Jesus calls him and says, follow me and be my disciple. It says Levi got up and he left everything to follow Jesus, right? That's what the rich young ruler couldn't do. See, when Jesus told the rich young ruler to part with his riches, he couldn't. But Levi did this. Levi left everything. And and that's when Jesus makes a statement, with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. So now, if you're a tax collector, you probably hang out with your friends who are also tax collectors. So when Levi is having a dinner, guess who he invites? He invites his friends, and some of them are tax collectors too. And, and we see the Pharisees, and, and just notice for a moment the intricacy of this. The Pharisees complain bitterly to who? They complain to Jesus' disciples, right? Why do you eat and drink with such scum? But now who answers them? Is it Jesus' disciples? No, it's Jesus. He must have either overheard them or he, he read their mind. But he tells them this, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I've not come to call those who think they're righteous, but those who know they're sinners and need to repent. You know, maybe that's the difference between the rich young ruler, the rich young man, and Levi. Levi knew he was a sinner. He knew he, he needed a doctor. And maybe the rich young man was just caught up in, in the fact that he had wealth and he had status and he didn't need anything. Roseanne went to church and prayed, but she felt something was missing. She cried out to God, And it wasn't until she got a message in a box that Jesus died for her sins on the cross and that he wanted a relationship with her. That's what it was all about. That's the thing that she was missing was this word relationship. She'd she'd been to church. She, She prayed. She maybe even read the Bible. But it wasn't until she realized God died for her personally because he wanted a relationship with her. So what about you and I? What, what about us? Are we going to be like the rich young man that comes to Jesus and walks away sad because we don't want to give up everything that we have to follow him? Or are we going to be like Levi, that we know we're sinners, we know that, that, that we need, that we're sick and we need a doctor, and we're going to say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you with all that I have. So what is the message of hope today at Easter? The message of hope is really pretty simple. God has a purpose for each of our lives. And the purpose is that we would have peace and we would have life. So if God has this purpose for peace in life, have you ever wondered why there's so many people that don't have peace in life? Why, why maybe you or I, we've grown and, and lived so much of our lives without peace or without life? We've all been given a gift of sorts during this pandemic. You know, and, and the gift I see is this. I'm able to face my fears and my anxieties up close and personal in a way that I'm not used to, to facing them, right? We all have this little nag in the back of our minds. We might get a little cough or, or something. Oh my gosh, do I have it? Am I positive? Like, is that person positive? We're, we're all living on the edge. And, and maybe we're all living on the edge because we're coming a little closer to our mortality than anyone ever thought in New York or, or the, the number of people here that have died in New Hampshire. None of us would ever expect that we would die from something like this, but it's happening. 
And in the middle of all this, God says, I have a purpose, and it's for you to have peace and for you to have life. The Bible says in Romans 5.1, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then in John 10.10, 10, it says, I have come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. God wants us to have an abundant and a full life. So if God's message for us is peace and life, then why don't most people in the world have this life and have this peace? You know, I believe that the answer is also found in the Bible, and it's because there's a problem. Sin separates us from a holy God. See, we've got a holy God that can't stand, that can't stand any sin in his presence, and we have us, sinful human, sinful mankind. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned, and they've fallen short of the glory of God. We all have a sin, and we all fall short. Then again, in Romans 6, 23, it says the wages of sin is death. So by wages, it means the punishment for our sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. It's my sinful choices and your sinful choices. That's what separates us from God. And and there's a gap that's created. See, on, on one side, we have us with our sin. On the other side, we have a holy God. And there's a gap that's kind of as big as the Grand Canyon in between. And we can't jump from one side to the other. Now, now we may try. Don't get me wrong. Right? Maybe if you've got kids, you, you may know what the twos and the threes and the fours are like. Did you ever have your kids say something like, I'm going to do it myself, mommy or daddy. I'm going to do it by myself. And, and you know, there's, a, there's an, a, an area where we're excited that they want to do things by themselves. But we also know how that can kind of just go a little too far where they take their independence and they want to be rebellious. And, and they don't want to be shown. They don't want to be taught because they think they know what they're doing and they're going to try to do it themselves. And, you know, for many of us, We've tried to cross this gap, this divide between sinful man and a holy God. And, and we might try by, we're going to start going to church now, or, or we're going to lead, lead a more moral life, or we're going to try good works. You know, if, if my good works just outweigh my bad works, maybe that's going to help bridge this gap. And you know, the truth is found in Proverbs fourteen twelve. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is death. And, and the truth is this, there's no bridge that's going to cross this canyon between our sin and God's holiness except one. And that's the good news today that I want to share with you. The good news is that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave. And when he died on the cross, he paid the penalty for my sin, for your sin, right? It's his cross that bridges this gap today and for all time between sinful mankind and a holy God. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3, 8, that Christ suffered once for all sins, the just Jesus for the unjust, you and me, that he might bring us to God. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't that good news? God knew that you were a sinner. He didn't say, hey, clean up a little bit and then I'm going to die for you or, or get this right or get that straight and then I'll die for you. No, he died for you and me while we were still sinners. Jesus died on the cross in my place and your place to pay the price for our sin. So to receive the forgiveness from Jesus, we must trust him as our Lord and Savior and receive him by personal invitation. The Bible says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him. This is Jesus wanted to come in, wanted to have that relationship with us. But are we going to open the door to our hearts? Are we going to open the door to our lives? 
He says, he sent Roseanne a message in a box, right? And today I believe that maybe God had some of us tune in today to this broadcast because this is our message in a box that we would, we would realize that Jesus died for us personally because he wants to have a relationship with us and he wants us to have eternal life with him. So if God is knocking at the door of your heart, I, I believe that even right now as you're watching this, you're, you're going to know. How will you know? I don't know, but you're going to know. Maybe some of you might be even getting emotional to think that Jesus loved you so much that he died for you on the cross. It, it may be, it, you may have heard this time and time before, but maybe today it's getting personal. And that's the spirit of God working in your life. And that's frankly what I've prayed for, that you would know if God is speaking to you. So how do we receive the forgiveness of sins today? How do we make Jesus our Lord and personal Savior? It starts with us admitting our need. It starts with us admitting that we're a sinner. That's, that's what Levi did. He, he knew that he was a sinner. And man, he snapped too. When Jesus said, hey, follow me, he was ready to leave everything and follow after Jesus. And then number two, we need to be willing to turn from our sins. The Bible calls this repentance where we turn away from our sins, but it's we're turning towards God, not just turning aimlessly. We're turning towards God and we're asking for God's forgiveness. And we believe that Jesus Christ died for us on the cross and rose from the grave. And then through prayer, we invite Jesus Christ to come in and control our life through the Holy Spirit. See, salvation and forgiveness is a free gift, but it's not free. It cost Jesus his life to purchase that gift for us. So to receive this gift, we have to give our lives to God that he would live through us. So in a sense, we're all like Levi, the tax collector. We've got to leave everything behind to follow Christ. And when we make Jesus our Lord, we open up our hearts and we give him everything we have for his purpose. He's the one that takes the wheel of our life. We live for him. Roseanne mentions that, that she said the sinner's prayer was someone, her, her um, team member, and I'd like to pray with you right now and give us all an opportunity today. If you've never prayed the sinner's prayer, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to pray that prayer with me today. So you might say, Greg, what is the sinner's prayer? The sinner's prayer is simply a prayer that we pray from our hearts. Now, I've, I've written this prayer out. Your prayer could be different, but I'm going to read you what I wrote just as an example for you. It says, Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I want to turn from my sins and I ask you for your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe he died for my sins and that you raised him to life. I want him to come into my heart and take control of my life. I want to trust Jesus as my savior and follow him as my Lord from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Now you might think, oh my gosh, Greg, is it that easy? I just have to pray a prayer that looks like that and all of a sudden I have eternal life? It's not just praying a prayer, it's do you mean it in your heart? And then are you going to follow it up with actions, right? Are you going to start to, if you turn your life over to Jesus, believe me, he's going to flood you with peace and love and joy and start to reveal his purpose. But then it requires obedience, it requires trust, it's a walk of faith that we have. But Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if you pray this prayer today and you openly declare this, you will be saved. And it goes on in verse 10 to say, for it is by believing in your heart that you're made right with God. And it's by openly declaring your faith 
that you're saved. So yes, it is as simple as we just need to pray from our hearts today to receive Jesus. And that starts a relationship with him. I I mentioned at the beginning, there is a day when Jesus is going to come back. And the entire world will bow its knee at that point. Right? At that point, it's too late for you and I to bow our knee. It's too late for us to receive him as Savior. Now is the day. Today is the day of salvation. So if you have never um, followed Jesus before, Jesus said to Levi, he said, follow me and be my disciple. And you know, that's a word we don't often use today in the English language, disciple. I want to just tell you what I found online. What does it mean to be a disciple? A disciple is a follower, one who trusts and believes in a teacher and follows that teacher's words and examples. Therefore, to be a, desi- therefore, to be a disciple is to be in a relationship. It's having an intimate, instructive, and imitative relationship with the teacher. So God today is inviting all of us. He's inviting you into an intimate, instructive relationship with him as your teacher. Roseanne went to church for years until she realized it's not about going to church. I'm not asking anyone to join a church today. I'm asking you, do you know Jesus personally? Is he your savior? Today is your message in a box. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus as your savior, I'd like to all pray this prayer together and have you join me. And, you know, maybe there's been a time in your life where you've prayed this prayer before. And you're like, Greg, I did that when I was little. But I have walked so far from God, I don't even know how to find my way back. You know, we find our way back to God the same way we found them in the first time. We pray. And you can pray this prayer too. And that is your way back. So could we all bow our heads together and pray this prayer? Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I want to turn from my sins and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe he died for my sins and that you raised him to life. I want him to come into my heart and take control of my life. I want to trust Jesus as my savior and follow him as my Lord from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you've prayed that prayer, as we read about scripture, you need to tell someone. And I would love for you to tell me if you would be bold enough to do that. Here's how you tell me. Would you just send me an email at greg at shallowcommunity.church? Right? And and if you'd send me, me an email and tell me that you prayed that prayer, I would love to send you this book. It's called Living in Christ. So why would I send you a book? Right? Because as as Roseanne found you're just starting a relationship. To have a relationship requires learning. It requires time. It requires faith. It requires trust. This book will help you. And I'd, I'd love to walk through this book with you. So if you would email me and let me know if you prayed the prayer and let me know your, your street address, I'll mail a book. And then when we're back in church and we can meet one another, we'll get together for a cup of coffee. How about that? So with that, I'd like to invite Pastor Ed up to come back for some closing remarks and to lead us in an offering. But before I do that, happy Easter, everyone, and have a safe and blessed day. Thank you. Thanks, Greg. I recall 44 years ago, I knelt down by my bed and someone led me in that prayer. So here's what I want you to know. Maybe it's because of my age, but I don't remember anything I did 44 years ago. And uh, that That memory is so vivid to me. I can still remember it was on the TV. Someone was leading me to the Lord. I was kneeling down by my bed, 
And I just gave Christ my life because my life wasn't worth very much at that time. So I'm so excited that someone listening in said that prayer. And I just want to emphasize what Pastor Greg said. Please tell someone and let us know. We would love to know that this was your day when you realized that he is risen. As an elder and pastor, I want you to know that we are so appreciative of the generosity uh, in these difficult times. Churches all over the country were very concerned and still are that their ability to maintain financial stability during times when we have no one in our sanctuary and everything has to be done online, that that could devastate some ministries. Well, I know this as we have watched the finances come in, that you have helped us through your generosity to stay financially stable during these difficult times. We still need you to be faithful, but but we want to indicate our uh, thankfulness for you. And please continue your generosity. Our needs continue every day, just like they did before. In fact, there is so many needs around us that we would like to be able to bless ministries and others that are doing the work of God. And your ability to give a little extra at this time is appreciated. So how do you give to Shiloh? Well, you go to the uh, website, shilohcommunity.church, and you will see there are, and you go over, there's a tile that says give. Just tap on that tile. And then there's a number of ways that you can give. You can give by credit card. You can give by debit card. You can do an ACH, a transfer out of your uh, checking account. Uh, or you can text us uh, and, and we'll, you can give that way. But we just appreciate, and oh, by the way, you can do it the old-fashioned way. You can send it to the address there, 55 Edmund Street in Manchester. But thank you for your generosity. As we close today, it's important that we close on this note. We know out there today there are literally thousands of needs. And we believe here in the power of prayer. We believe that he is risen and that that risen God is able to answer and we pray. We have a group of, inter, we call them intercessory prayer warriors, that they pray all the time. So if you have a prayer need, would you send that to us? You can either go to the Facebook site you see listed there, or you can just send an email to us, prayer at shilohcommunity.church. We would love to agree with you in prayer. You can also call us. We're not in the offices during the week. Uh, 627-7729. You can leave a message uh, on the answering uh, service. Uh, and we will be glad to pray for you. So thank you for all of you that have listened in today. And most importantly, celebrate this Resurrection Day, for truly, he is risen. Thank you.